Oh man, we are back. We are live in Las Vegas, Sin City, for the School Counselor Association Conference. We are back and better than ever again, live at the conference. We're going to do some pop-up interviews. We're going to do some professional development. We're going to have my housekeeper items. We're going to have my final thought on zip code counseling. Not zip code racism, zip code counseling. I'm going to talk about that when I get to it, but this is a part of the show. I said, let's go. conference came back in person this year uh, taking a year off being all virtual last year because of the pandemic so ASCA felt it was um, to a point where they could actually come back in person which I can understand that so it was in Las Vegas this year the thing was all in so I just want to give my few thoughts on the conference this year um, of course it was in Vegas started on the 11th which was a Sunday we flew in on the 10th of Saturday. We got off the plane at 5 in the afternoon. It was 117 degrees. This this area's experienced probably one of the hottest heat waves probably in history because that's um, a record high for Vegas at 117 degrees. So it wasn't a dry heat. We thought it was going to be a I thought it was going to be a dry heat. It, it felt like Georgia times two. So if you lived ever been to Georgia during the summer your 90 degrees would feel like 99. This 117 felt like 122. So shorts are mandatory there. If you don't do anything, wearing shorts will be very prudent. Um, might want to wear some sunblock or something too if you're going to be outside, but I wouldn't advise you even going outside. The conference hotel was at the Link. Um, it was connected to the, a, a new building, the Caesars Conference Center. Um, for those that know that never been to the link before, um, if you go if you're on the ground floor where the casinos are at, you go around the corner past the Dunkin' Donuts, go up a uh, small flight of stairs. Then once you go up that flight of stairs, go through a uh, veranda, walk through a little hallway that's connected to the conference center. Then you go down the escalators, then you're at the conference center. So I can see the the logic of having it there because it's already in one spot, so folks don't have to do a lot of Ubering or shuttling anything like that. So I'm, so that's understandable why the conference was there makes sense. It's my first year actually um, exhibiting with the company with Scooter. I've used Scooter for five years, going on six when we start the school year. Um, I'm a state association liaison with them. I, um, with our Scooter ambassadors, I help set up their conferences and membership and that type of stuff and uh, they exhibit at their state conferences so so that way it will take off the strain from um, from Steve traveling to very to a bunch of states trying to exhibit scooter you have people that's already in place there they can exhibit while they're there um, so it's a different experience seeing it from setup to 
exhibiting your product, networking with people, meeting people from different states and, and different associations and their need for it and what's their um, their logic behind getting it or trying to try to basically make sure you have a product that's for um, counselors to use to advocate for their time and their, their duties. Um, it's my third conference. Like I said, I've been to L.A., I've been to Boston, I've been to Vegas. If I had to rank them, Los Angeles would be first, Boston would be second, and Vegas would be third. And you're probably saying, why Vegas was third? It's supposed to be Sin City. It's supposed to be lit. Las Vegas, great. Well, let me tell you about Las Vegas when you go. It's a tourist town. A bunch of casinos. You come in, have a big dream as a winner, and you go home with 10 cent vouchers that you can't catch because they won't they'll just keep your voucher but um the heat deterred me and my wife went deterred us from really doing anything it was just too hot now the last day we was on the there's a we realized there was a strip behind the hotel behind O'Shea's um bar and pub and there was a bunch of other restaurants right there I have to bring that part up because if you order room service there your meal could be eight dollars they will charge you 18% gratuity and an exorbitant delivery fee, and they're 300 steps away from you. So that forces you to leave your room. If you're on a high floor, you have to go all the way down the elevator, walk three to 400 steps to the place to, just to pick up your food when they should be bringing it to you. And they already charge you gratuity for a takeout. But that's part of, part of a tourist town. They, they know they're going to get you. Like, um... Joe Pesci said in um, Lethal Weapon 2, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. They get you in a drive-thru. They always get you in a drive-thru. You get that reference. If you've seen, seen Lethal Weapon 2, it wasn't a drive-thru, but you, you, you'll you get that reference. Um, as far as the rooms, the rooms were regular rooms, to be honest with you. I, I, was thinking, I would think that the rooms would look something like a Westin or even the Sheridan, your double tree even. They were just playing rooms and then the beds were small. We posted had a queen bed. It gave us two doubles. Um, Should have had a queen bed. Back hurt. I couldn't sleep. Air conditioner was on. Antarctica. Then it made crazy noise when it was going. So it is what it is. But, um, And if you, like I said, it's just during hot time too. A very, a very bad, a very unsafe heat advisory through, during the stretch. So you really couldn't explore Vegas like you like you should have or wanted to because it was just the heat was just it's not safe. But um, let's say Vegas would be third on my list. Maybe it could have got second if the room was better. Could have got second. Um, couple other things but if you do but Guy Fieri's restaurant is pretty good it's just a little high he's a celebrity chef so you're gonna pay celebrity prices um it's not that bad had a mac had a mac and cheese bacon cheeseburger so it's pretty it's pretty good all the wings there is pretty good also but it's just just wouldn't expect it to be you know it's a tourist town so I'm gonna leave it at that um, the conference itself, like I said, I exhibited with Scooter, so 
making session was at a premium. Uh, my first time um, having that experience exhibiting. Um, it's, it's pretty cool um, seeing from setup to breakdown. Um, it's, it's a cool experience. It's something I wouldn't mind doing again. Um, probably next year in Texas. Hopefully I'll be presenting next year in Texas. But um, we'll see. Um, be my be my fifth time uh, applying to present at ASCA. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but all in all, in all it wasn't bad. It was just, I'm guessing, it just could have been a little bit better from my perspective. But like I said, I've only been to three conferences. So some folks probably had some bad experience at some other ones. So, so just take mine with a grain of salt. You do, you do, you don't, don't, I get it. But, um, actually got to get on a plane. Me and my wife actually got to go on a plane and go somewhere other than Georgia. So, that's a good experience in itself. So, um, professional school councils of color had an event at Blue Martini. That was pretty cool. If you're in Vegas and you like live music, go on Sunday night and order the uh, Mango Mojito. Or the American Mule, you'll thank me later, and eat something before you you um, order those two drinks too, or eat something while you're drinking it. Trust me on that one. Anywho, uh, we're gonna get to these interviews that we took at Aska, so I was able to get a lot of folks to stop by the um, Scooter booth to do some pop-up interviews. So, oh, other thing, I met the number one podcaster. Um, Podcast in America on school counseling. Those uh, it's called Counselor Accents, uh, and they probably might pop on my podcast. I might be on that podcast. We don't know. We'll see. But um, we won't get to these interviews from the from the conference. This is the Council Connection. I'm your host, Damian Vicks, and I'm here with Sylvester Hanner from Pennsylvania. Sylvester, how you doing? I'm doing well today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, just give me a give everybody a quick little uh, synopsis about yourself. Uh, so I'm a, a school counselor with Pittsburgh Public Schools. I've been there for uh, I just finished my fifth year, but in all, I've been a school counselor for seven. Um, traditionally, I've been working with high school, but I have been able to work in, throughout my career um, with K through 12, and uh, as well as a college counselor. All right. So if you had to change one thing about counseling, what would you change right now as being a school counselor? Um, one thing I could change about school counseling, um, actually, I just would have more school counselors. You know, I feel like we can do a lot of work and get a lot of things done. Um, but I just wish that, you know, a lot of more people as far as from administration level knew what we do, knew our ability to be able to be counselors, know us as mental health professionals and not just you know, just another body. So we are the ones that can be able to get the higher achievement for our students, be able to get um, work on problems with inequities throughout the um, district and help students be successful. So I just wish, you know, that role was a little bit more recognized so we can do more of those things to help our students be successful. All right, well, last question before I let you get on with the conference. Yes, what's, what's the main thing you want to take away from this conference this year? Um, I appreciate the fact that there is a big... Uh, movement towards just equity and anti-racism, just being able to bring some of those uh, things and resources back to my school, uh, to be able to implement them in the school, um, and just be able to, all in all, work on these professional developments and bring it back to my district. And Sylvester, I appreciate you stopping by, man. Absolutely. Thank you. This is the Council Connection. I'm your host, Fabian Vicks. I'm here with Dr. Brant Rajan. How are you doing this afternoon? 
we're not gonna hold you long. We're just doing pop up interviews. Um, I know y'all presented early this e this afternoon. How did it go? Yes, we did. It went excellent. We had a house full school counselors, council educators, um, district leadership. It was great. Right. And what is the one thing you expect to get from the conference this year? Um, a lot of networking and connecting with fellow council educators and meeting new school counselors. And last question, what is one thing you wish you could change with counseling right now? Um, I wish that we could put a, a lot more focus on serving our black and brown students um, without the political um, system that's involved right now making a um, interference in that, in that. Okay, thank you for stopping in with me. Thank you. This is the Council Connection. I'm Fabian Vicks. We're back here live at the Ask a Conference. And I have Dr. Marianne Sandifer from Columbus State University, Georgia Peach. How are you doing? I am wonderful. How are you? Doing well. Just a couple questions. How are you enjoying the conference so far? I believe you presented early this year. Early this evening, excuse me. I did. I did. I'm enjoying it. Had a great turnout at the session. It went extremely well. Okay. What's the one thing that you're expecting to learn from the conference this year? Well, really, I'm excited about all of the topics related to um, kind of addressing the disparities that exist in school. I want to take something back to my students, of course. Always have them in mind, bringing back new innovative um, approaches, anything we can learn related to technology and the different ways for them to access that information. So that's what I'm looking forward to learning. And my last question before we let you go, what's one thing you wish you could change in school counseling right now? Wow. Change? Yeah. Um, honestly, I really would just like to see school counselors really embrace that leadership role, really work closely from a um, kind of interdisciplinary lens, working, you know, more um, soundly and efficiently with administrators and other other disciplines. Yeah. All right, Dr. Sandifer, thank you for stopping by with me. All right, we're here with Andrea Perez from California. How you doing, Andrea? Hi, everyone. My name's Andrea Perez, and right now I'm a school counselor in L.A., so Los Angeles, California. Um, I will be working in a middle school next school year, and if I could change one thing about school counseling, it would be for our state of California to advocate for more school counselors because our student-to-counselor ratio is really high. And another thing that I would change would be our cultural competencies, making sure they're very intentional about the services that we're providing for our students. And one thing that I I am I'm learning from the ASCA conference is learning what other states are doing in their school counseling programs. Okay, thank you, Andrew. I'm here with a good friend of mine, John Wasu, who's presented here and also on the DEI um, panel that part two to this afternoon. John, what's going on, man? What's good, bro? So, uh, two quick questions before we get you on. Uh, what you what do you expect to take away from the conference this year? Man, you know, for me, it was really important to network. I'm in a position now where I'm doing a lot of advocacy work, and sometimes people are not going to like what you say. And the more times and opportunities you have to create your own strengths and income, the better. So I have my own business called Think Diff, and I do consulting work. And so this trip was really about connecting with others, showing value, helping people understand why they should do the things that I'm suggesting and how I can help them become better school counselors. So I was really excited to just meet people. And also, I don't remember the last time I seen people in person like that. So, I mean, it's been dope. It's just been a dope experience, man. And last question, what's the one thing you would change for school counselors right now if you were to counsel the world? 
Man, honestly, if I if I was the counselor of the world, so we we need more money. <laughs> we need um, a better understanding of how to address these opportunity gaps because our kids are coming to us with all, like all these different challenges, and there are some serious equity gaps. So we got to learn how to advocate at different levels so that we can change structures way before the kids even get to us, we can give them, make sure that they have the proper opportunities so that they can experience life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, no matter how they show up, whether they're black or white, whether they you know, in the LGBT community, whether they have a disability, all of that. We want everyone to be able to have the, the, a fair shot at life, and right now we don't have that. So I, I will make sure that everybody understands how to move so that we can make that start happen with policies and legislation. All right, thank you, John. I appreciate it, bro. We're back at the conference. We have Maritza Cha with us. How you doing, Maritza? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Maritza. I'm from Los Angeles, California, and I'm at a high school. Um, and the one thing I'm definitely benefiting from the ASCA conference is the networking opportunities. And I think that's the one thing I would change in the state of California to create more networking opportunities for counselors so we can share ideas. And what's one thing that you would change about school counseling if you could change one thing? Um, if I could change one thing is I would uh, hire more uh, BIPOC school counselors uh, for so we can have a lower ratio. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. We are still here live at uh, ASCLA, American School Counseling Association Conference in Las Vegas. We're at the Scooter booth, and we have Miss Pamela Powell from California here with me. Pamela, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. And if you're on, if you folks that's listening, as you're on Twitter, she is on on the Twitter. And can you give it folks your handle? Yes, it's Powell Press One Sixteen. Uh, y'all heard that Powell Press Six One Sixteen? Yes. So if y'all want to follow her, she's gonna give you recipes on um, baking cookies and school counseling. <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay, <laughs> now I just gotta make a laugh because she's nervous. So go ahead. So tell everybody what you expected to take away from conference this year. Um, well, first, I this is my fourth ASCA. Mm-hmm. I usually come to do all things school counseling, and every year I have just been blessed. Um, it, it was a hard year. We all know we went through it. But when coming to ASCA, you kind of get that reignited passion. You're ready to go back into um, your office or your classroom and do what you love doing. So that's why I love coming to ASCA. Okay. Now, you're the counsel of the world, the whole wide world. What's the one thing that you would change about counsel that could be your job or the duties we do or what would you one thing you would change? I would say the counselor to student ratio because I'm K through eight and I'm the only one in my in my building and I have a little over 700 students and it's just me. So I'm, I know I've met a few other counselors who are like me, and I think if we could change the ratio, I know ASCA asks 250 to 1, and just more schools and districts really subscribing to that, that would be awesome. All right, Ms. Pamela, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you for having me. No problem. We are still live at the ASCA conference. We are still lit here in Vegas. It's still a million degrees outside. And we have Lydia from Indiana with us here. Lydia, how you doing? Fine, how are you? Uh, well, tell everybody about your grade level, what school you're at, that type of stuff. So I am a middle school counselor in Hammond, Indiana, and uh, so I work with 6th through 8th grade. 
Okay, cool. Sixth and eighth grade. Us middle school counselors, that's a special place in heaven for us, y'all. So something, yep. Something, because we <laughs> what we deal with. Now, what's the one thing you've taken away from conference this week? So I just the great work that everybody's doing. I think everybody's doing so so much great work and it's inspiring and I can't wait just to take some of this home and just see how we can apply it for our program and better our program because of it. Okay. Last question. If you were the counsel of the world, what's one thing you would change about school counseling? I would just like us to be more involved in the anti-racist school counseling. I think it's just something that we have to promote and there's so many people who are doing such great work. Just learn from them and really definitely take that back and see how that applies to your students and really see that our students need this information and uh, to better themselves and to better us. Like it's for our, it's for our students, for our future. All right. Thank you for so much for stopping in with me. This is the part of the podcast where, you know, we give some housekeeping items. Of course, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts. Uh, possible future guests, uh, we're going to have Steve Zarakis, founder of Scooter on. In the future, we don't know when that's going to happen. We'll set it up, but it's part, we'll be part of season three. So look out for season three. Um, for the gospel that you want us to crank that up in August. Um, also, like I said, um, told you on a previous podcast, we'll, I will be working over professional development and podcasting with uh, Georgia School Council Association for the next two years. So we're going to be um, helping with um, setting up a podcast for professional development for for the members of GSCA. So if you're not a member of GSCA and you want professional development without Having a lead ability you can listen to in your car or possibly watch on YouTube, maybe you um, this would be a way for you to um, to get that, that PD. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, I'll get more details this coming on weekend when I go to LDI. So um, it's going to be a different experience going forward. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, also, make sure that you also, for those that have not ever presented before take a chair presenting that's going to get your exposure also that will that'll help curtail your you know possible zip code counseling as far as that which i'll get to my final thoughts in a moment um of course you can follow me on the twitter at fay the psc that is f as in frank a b as in boy e the psc so you follow on twitter that way or you can go to faythecounselor.weebly.com And we'll get to my final thought in a moment. All right, Faye's final thought. So it's Friday as I record my uh, final thought. We are we're back home from Asheville. It's a couple days to decompress and reflect on the conference and how to get better as professional school counselors and how to help our kiddos become successful in all that they want to do. And we also got to look at how we want to be better counselors for our our city, our district, and contribute to our state associations as well. And I've said this on, pre- on previous podcasts that for, uh, for our counselors to become more proficient and dedicated to the craft you want be join your state association that's where you get your local PD be able to become better at your craft become 
more efficient and more effective for our students, administrators, uh, families, community members, basically the gamut of stakeholders. But sometimes we run into those issues as far as advocating or becoming better at our craft based on zip code. We talk about zip code racism where specific zip code codes, excuse me, are, are provided different things as far as technology, as far as one-to-one technology or more funding for their building based on where they're at. Um, some some dist- districts use um, millage rates to, to fund schools and that's in a sense that's inequitable in some areas because if people are not paying taxes on their homes that would deny schools to get their uh, requisite funding they need to be successful and provide the, the support to all students to be successful now you probably think how, what does this have to do with counseling well for one let's say for instance you're in a rural area and you're this course there's not, not everywhere is not going to be a suburb or urban area it's going to be some rural areas that that will encounter this now some schools um, might have a district might be so small it's one school with a k-12 through and it's one counselor and you might have four to five hundred students when you're dealing with that you have one counselor four or five hundred students ask us um, recommended ratios one to two fifty So for one, if you're the only counselor there, you don't have a dedicated social worker or graduation coach or so forth and so on, you're the go-to person for those for those needs. And you're not going to be able to do your job as a counselor because you're trying to make sure you fulfill the, the needs of the building. And in this, in this instance, with a school that's as small to have one K through 12, you're not going to be able to do any of that. Now, some districts might have 70-something schools in it. Um, your high schools have five, six counselors. One of them is a lead counselor, which you don't have a caseload. You have five counselors in there. Now, you might have some schools, it's like 40, 41 schools in the district. Um, your middle schools will have two. Your elementaries will have one. But your elementary schools have 800 students in it because they combine schools in that combined schools. The, the cut down on some costs or to curtail um, your climate rating or your Georgia CCRPI so you could buy schools and they'd be placed on the turnaround list based on those scores. Now some another instance also is in some of those same districts some buildings are so antiquated and out of date they need a new, a new building so that way it can accommodate the growth of those um, that neighborhood or that that population that zone um, my previous district um, with Appland and Northeast that's in the um, Appland Middle School is, is in the Northeast zone of course and Northeast and Appland one of the five last schools to get a new new building Northeast was the last high school to get any type of renovations or a new building they got, they got a new building um, they opened it up two years ago Appland opened up that building last year based on their zip code. Now, years ago, if you want to go to a history lesson, um, Bill County wanted to give each high school their own stadium instead of trying to share it with um, the Henderson Stadium, which is um, kind of centralizes by, it's about two miles up from Southwest High School. 
that plan got voted down because of people in the neighborhood didn't want that stadium. Now, if you, if you know the demographics of East Macon, it is majority black. In the area where Northeast is at, if once one half, if you go on one side of Northeast, it is a majority African-American population. If you go on the back side of it, it is another demographic. So when they when it came down to voting for that splash to help build the stadium, of course they got voted down because that that part of the neighborhood didn't want that there. So they could they used the stadium at Appling Middle School to do the high school games. And depending on the rotated view, you might go to Henderson Stadium. So you have different different issues in that area. Now you're asking, what are you talking about? How, what does this have to do with counseling and zip code? Well, all this has the same effect. When you're looking at if I'm a counselor in one part of town that's more affluent, and I'm in another in, a, in a, another zip code where we'll, we'll start with this right here to do to alleviate some of this, the the um, the equity, the uh, Bibb County is a 100% free and reduced free lunch district. So that way that's one barrier students don't have to worry about. Now that's one thing that can, you can look at. But when you look at students being able to use one-to-one technology, I think the pandemic has has forced the district to go as far as making available computers for students because a lot of things you could, you could do with um, with technology as far as computers and everything, uh, paper and pencil and physical books are, are are becoming antiquated now. But the thing is though, that wasn't, that, that's not the case now with the pandemic showing us that you can, you don't need a lot of supplies or this and that. But as far as with counseling, if you're in a, if you're in a specific zone where you're the only counselor in your building, you can't be effective in being able to get professional development because you can't lead students there because you're the you're the go-to person in what you need to do. This which goes back to advocating for your position as far as becoming more more dedicated in analyzing your time or advocating for scholars and showing to do think all the things that you're doing and the things that you could be doing if if this position was filled or somebody else was placed in this duty. Another area of zip code counseling we're looking at also is recognition also, where you look at counselors from specific areas, it seems like from a state association standpoint, when you look at your awards for counselor of the year, Counselor Educator of the Year, the Emerging Leader of the Year, those those winners seem like they come might come from the same district or the same area, or even the finalists all come from the same the same district, which goes back to other counties in different in, the, in that state. Of the school councils not being able to exhibit what they're doing for the county because, or getting needed professional development to, to better their craft, 
because of the availability of funds for them to be able to do their job as counsel or be professionally developed, which means counsel might have to go to conference, come out of their pocket, because the district um, possibly can't afford them to go, or they can't go afford to do professional development, so they try to do things on their own, which is nothing wrong with that, because you gotta do what you gotta do to help you help uh, to build your craft. I'm a solution-oriented person, but at the moment, I don't have a solution for that except for continue to join your state association, try to join your leadership team, get to know the people that's in your region, collaborate, build relationships, and network. Now, one thing you could start doing as far as in the smaller districts, like let's say, for instance, Crawford County and Peach County, um, well, I'm using Georgia because that's the state I'm in, um, smaller counties like that and maybe Lamar County um, you have regions where you all collaborate as far as coming together for excuse me for region meetings find a topic that's relevant for your, for your region or something that's worked for your building and present it to the region as a presentation I did that for region 4 back in 2017 I uh, presented on time management um, little things like that if you get or present to your district even if it's just you're in a district and you got we'll say you got three schools like we'll say Peach County it's three four schools Peach County if you all collaborate together as far as for your advisory council and share data because you're going to have the same students pretty much following all the way up to high school if you collaborate that way and share data you know how to how to advocate for those students that's going up the chain when they get to high school, the high school will be prepared, better prepared to help with those students getting to their uh, ultimate goal, either it's college or military or going to a career straight out of, out of high school. That's part of collaboration. That's another way to, to defy the zip code counseling. There's a couple things you can do. Um, I've done it in Bibb County where we did advisory, um, zone advisory council where all the feeder schools, we collaborated together on our, our data and presented to the to our stakeholders. Use that as our advisory council for the um for our ASCO model. Now of course the high school didn't participate. I'm not gonna get into that because that's neither here or there. But it's something which don't want to sound like I'm bashing, but if you want more prepared students and you want to collaborate with your feeder schools, you have to communicate with them. You've got to work with them. High schools especially, you can't wait until January, February when it's time to schedule them to worry about what student you go here. If you actually collaborate on the data at the beginning of the year and share it, have ongoing collaboration sharing it'll be more equitable and you have a better relationship with those feeder schools. So those, those my take on zip code counseling. I know I, but it's all tied together. Zip code racism as far as zip code education, zip code counseling, same thing. It's all the same umbrella. So the tips I would say for the counselor trying to become better at their craft as far as to, to do, demystify the zip code counseling is of course, join your state association 
collaborate with your feeder schools. If you're a middle school, that's a perfect place to be to collaborate with the elementary and the high school as far as when you're getting students in and you're, take, and you're pushing students out to the high school. So that way the high school can understand that student better, um, find ways to, to present to your region or your start at your district. If your district is small, different region, try to present at your state association and try to um, sacrifice, not sacrifice, but find different ways or creative ways to uh, get yourself uh, professionally developed. So that way you could be seen and to show, to show um, what you're made of and what your council department is. Because all of us are, all, all of us councils are doing a lot of work. All of us are doing things to try to prepare our students and, and let the work shine not be the shining of the work but let the work shine and that'll bring your light on what you and your council department is doing for your building one thank for listening to my podcast um this this is gonna be the um season finale for season two um can't wait to season three starts in august and i'm out